0: Download and follow Beyond the Arc on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Welcome into the Online Choir Podcast, Jeremy Warner, Joey Wagner with you, and Joey Wagner, it is time. It is time for our position previews, we've seen 10 training camp practices, we'll maybe like combined I don't know one and a half of them but we've gotten to know a little bit more about this team as we've talked to a lot of players and a lot of coaches and it is time to go through our position previews are you ready for this we're gonna kind of bundle them all up a little bit uh, but go to position groups at a time for maybe the next two weeks as we get everybody ready for the season opener against Toledo which is three weeks from now
1: I am ready. It is less um, typing than the position primers that we put out on middle, middle, late July. And we've learned a lot. Like, let's be honest, we've learned a lot since we put those primers out, despite not having the access that we would hope. Uh, We do have the conversations
0: to go off of. So, yeah, man, I'm ready. It's getting closer. Yeah, so today we're going to focus on quarterbacks. What a way to start this thing off. What everyone cares about in the most important position, and again, the most important position for Illinois in the uh, 2023 season and one of the biggest questions in the 2023 season. And then we'll talk about running back, where Illinois has to replace an All-American in Chase Brown. But how we're going to separate this is we're going to start off talk a little bit about the biggest storyline of each position group, a big question. We'll kind of break down what we believe to be the depth chart at that position, and then talk about reasonable expectations. But before we even get to the storyline, uh Joey, and this has something to do with it, but I think it's worthy to to look back at last year and kind of look at, oh yeah, th- this is why this quarterback position is so important, because even though Illinois had Chase Brown, an All-American running back, and he was the such a huge part of the offense, Just having a middle-of-the-road passing offense, look how much better it makes your team. Um, Illinois finished 6th in the Big Ten in pass efficiency with Tommy DeVito at quarterback. Barry Loney as the offense coordinator. You look back, Joey, the last since 2015, their best in pass efficiency in the Big Ten was 10th. They were number one in the Big Ten in completion percentage at 69.6%. The best they'd been since 2015 was 11th at 54.9%. So I, I listen. I know the average yards per game. That was ninth. They weren't that explosive. They're ninth in yards per pass attempt. That's where they have to improve. But what it what a difference a good quarterback and a solid offense makes. And we saw it. Illinois does not go eight and five or, or go seven and one to start the season without much improved quarterback play and just a passing attack.
1: Yeah, I mean it's look, Tommy DeVito's season last year at a lot of schools probably wouldn't register the way that it registers at Illinois, um, which is no knock on Tommy DeVito's season. It was a perfectly fine season, a really good season by Illinois standards. Illinois standards for quarterback play has just not been good. Um, it, it's a position that, you know, I mean, look, there's been a lot of reasons Illinois football hadn't been very good um, until Brett Beal got there, but it's, that's a big part of it. They have not found the quarterback recipe. Tommy DeVito came in, I, I think – gave that position juice, gave it life, made it an attractive candidate to go get a Luke Altmyer, to go get a John Paddock. And now you've got to build off of that. You've got to find those missing links that you had. You, like you said, you, they weren't very explosive. Uh, that's something that they've talked a lot about. And maybe year two of Barry Lunny system helped get some there. A lot of fall on the wide receivers. But th- you're starting to see signs of life that this passing attack is – I don't want to say turned a corner, but it's obviously something that's improved greatly uh, from Brett Bielema's first year to his second. Then at that point, you can go back quite a ways to find out when it was as good as what it was last year.
0: Yeah, we'll dive into this, but uh, the difference for Illinois, the lack of big plays, was was a huge hindrance to the offense. They were 94th in the country in plays of 20-plus yards, 89th in plays of 30-plus yards, 105th in plays of 40-plus yards, 120th in plays of 50-plus yards. Well, the story is, Joey, they have to do this all over again. They have to remake the quarterback room all over again because they could not get that seventh-year of eligibility from the NCAA. The Big Ten approved another year for Tommy DeVito. The NCAA did not, and uh, it didn't have a slam dunk case, but they tried it. Tommy was on board of returning, but now Tommy fighting for a spot for the New York Giants, a nice preseason game. Um, but it's not Ranking even- to at cameras exactly like we thought Tommy DeVito would. <laughs> That's right. Oh Man, I miss that. I miss that swagger. (laughs) But they remake this quarterback room, and to be honest with you, it was a pretty good job. With one scholarship, they go get Luke Altmaier, a former four-star prospect uh, who 24-7 sports has as a top-10 transfer quarterback during the offseason, and John Paddock, who started 12 games at Ball State. And this all happened – really, Joey, on the fly because they were very confident. I want to say very confident. They were pretty optimistic, cautiously optimistic that they could get Tommy DeVito back as late as early December. And then it fell apart. So they had a deep dive into the transfer portal. Hudson Card was near the top of their list, Luke Altmaier. They get one of their top two targets. Altmaier had some other good options as well. Uh, Didn't play a lot at Ole Miss, but but Bapadic did. So just remaking that room, I thought they did a, Pretty good job on the fly because this there's another scenario, Joey, where this doesn't go as well. They don't get two options uh, who you feel like can at least give you a chance.
1: Yeah, they. I remember the timeline was kind of they get Luke Altmaier and then Wisconsin did Wisconsin. I'm only bringing this up because like it seems like they brought in like seven quarterbacks. And that's an exaggeration. And everyone thought, well, how can schools still bring in more than one quarterback? Because you just typically can't, right? It's the reason you don't have more times than not two quarterbacks in a high school recruiting class there's just there's not a market for that there's too many other options and I mean it's a fair question and and Illinois threaded the needle by going to get John Paddock does it help that he's an Illinois legacy probably Um, but Ball State I'm sure I mean I, i don't haven't talked to anyone at Ball State, but wouldn't you think you'd welcome back your 13-game starter if if that was the case? So certainly you could have returned to be a max starter. And that's a pretty good position to be in. So they really did a, a nice job of on the fly, like you said, reworking this, threading the needle. And this is the most significant quarterback room turnover that I believe I feel pretty comfortable saying of Brett Bielman's tenure. Because year one, you had Brandon Peters come back. Yes, you moved Isaiah Williams and added Art Sikowski, moved to Span to wide receiver. We still had a returning starter. And then last year, you still had a returning backup in Art Sikowski, who was, you know, however much you want to believe, competing for the starting job into training camp before Tommy DeVito was named the starter. And now you're talking, you lose your starter, you lose your backup, you lose your third string in Ryan Johnson. And this quarterback room is completely remade. I mean the only scholarship guy left over, and I know we'll talk about him, Jeremy, is Donovan Leary. So this is this is the most fingerprints that Brett Bielema and this coaching staff have had on this quarterback room.
0: Yeah, the the difference is, of course, and we'll dive into what we expect from these guys, but Altmire started one game at Ole Miss last season. He took Jackson Dart into the season, which says something because Jackson Dart had a pretty good season for Ole Miss. He backed up Matt Corral Completed 28 of 54 passes for 317 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions. So he's far from a proven commodity, right? But he's got great pedigree. Uh, Ole Miss seemed to really like him uh, in his approach. Uh, And then John Paddock, meanwhile, spent four years battling for the starting job at Ball State. Was deep on the depth chart early. Uh, But last year, wins the starting job, completes 60% of his passes, 2,719 yards, 18 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Not the most impressive stat line, but a guy that has experience at this level. So it really felt like these guys, Joey, really complemented each other well. And like you said, Paddock, his, his grandfather, right, his uh, uncle, both play at Illinois. So this place means something to him. And he just saw an opportunity that, hey, I can push Luke Altmeyer, and if I don't win the job, I'm one snap away from playing at the Big Ten at the highest level. Uh, so, man, d- to have that to 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 bring in Paddock on top of Altmire, I thought was was really maybe fortunate for Illinois, but really a huge win for them to to bring him in and to have him push Donovan Leary and have him push Luke Altmire. I think John Paddock is a is a significant addition to to this quarterback room.
1: Yeah, and you do it without using a scholarship yeah. of one of your eighty five, and, and as we know, Jeremy is get into camp here. You, you need all eighty five of those to to put out the depth that you need, especially some of those key positions. So it's it a really good job by this staff. And again, not to keep harping on it, but I don't know that that's attractive if you're John Paddock or if you're Luke Altmaier, if Tommy DeVito doesn't have the year that he has, which again, good year, but that, that doesn't move the needle in a lot of programs. It does at Illinois and that could ultimately down the road, you know, if Luke Altmaier has success, if, you know, whatever the case is after him, I mean, if you go back and say well, they don't have that year in 22 where the passing attack looks reasonable, then, then maybe you don't get a Luke Altmaier. Like, there could be a domino effect. I don't know that it will because Barry lunny has got his own history here. But a lot happened this offseason, I think, because of the success that was last season.
0: So my big question for quarterback would be, can this group match or be an upgrade over what Tommy DeVito provided. So I'll just throw that one to you, Joe, and ask you what your thoughts are. Can this group do what Tommy DeVito did or do better than what Tommy DeVito did last year?
1: In different ways, I think. Um, like, Luke Altmeyer might be able to help Illinois to more explosive plays. We, we've seen his arm. We saw a little bit, very, very limited today, Jeremy, of him throwing it around. We've heard he has a big arm. It shows on film.
0: We saw, it the, way, we saw it in the spring, too. We saw some yeah. open scrimmages
1: in the spring. In that way, yeah. But, look, let's be honest. Like, if this group matches Tommy DeVito, you're probably pretty happy. I think, obviously, you lose Chase Brown. You you lose so many draft picks on the defense. You probably need this group to take a little bit of a step above uh, what you had last year. Where I don't know that they can match is just uh, the efficiency the accuracy that was. Like, Tommy DeVito was very, very good in those short and intermediate. He was very, very smart with the football. Didn't see a lot of turnovers out of him. Uh, and, and Luke Altmaier, who we assume is going to be the starter and would be floored if he wasn't. Like, he doesn't have that game experience. He has so many less reps than Tommy DeVito had at this point. But he's got talent. And, and I think the arm strength is one of those things that we're going to circle and say, if, if there's going to be a different feel it's going to be his ability with the deep ball married with the wide receivers being in their second year with Barry Lonnie and their
0: continued development. Yeah, you hit it there. The way the analogy I would use is Tommy DeVito is so good hitting singles and doubles. He is so good at that. I mean, his completion percentage on these short passes was fantastic. And Illinois had to kind of live there. Because I don't know, well, Tommy wasn't great on deep balls, but he also just did not have the personnel to be great there. So I do think Luke Altmeyer throws a better, more accurate deep ball. I think Luke Altmeyer is a better athlete and probably going to be a better runner, it's an element that Illinois kind of lacked, especially late in the season, after Tommy DeVito suffered an ankle injury that really, I think, hurt them in the red zone towards the end of the season. But Tommy was mobile, but Luke Altmeyer is a better athlete. So I do think Altmaier can hit more triples and home runs. My question is, does he make as much contact singles and doubles? Is he accurate on those, you know, screen passes and slant passes? I think he's got it in him. It's just it's not it's not as proven. The other thing is, can he avoid turnovers? Can he avoid the big mistakes? I think you're going to have a few more big mistakes. At the end of the day can those big shots those home runs those plays with his feet can they make up for the mistakes that probably are going to happen with growing pains and the other thing is are the players around him better enough does Pat Bryant take his game to another level is Malik Elsie and Alex Kapka Jones better does tip Ryman make better adjustments on the ball midair to where he gets that first down that Tommy DeVito threw well to him but he just dropped Isaiah Williams had drops last year right like can those guys be better in that connection to where it lifts up uh, Luke Altmaier until he gets enough reps to to not make as many mistakes? So I expect growing pains, but I do expect more big plays. So that's where's the balance? Does it all balance out at the end? It's gonna be it's gonna look different though than I think, Tommy DeVito. I think this offense can be more explosive, but maybe more mistake prone.
1: Yeah, I agree with that, and I do wonder the the role of the running backs. You're like you. Well, I know we're going to get to this, Jeremy, but. You need those guys to keep defenses honest and to be able – and we've seen Josh McCray have those those runs. We've seen Reggie Love have flashes. But, like, those two things have to work in tandem as well. And, and look, let's be honest, it probably skewed a little bit at times last year to, like, 55 Chase Brown, 45 passing attack, right? Or And so – You you probably need that to be a little more 50-50 or even maybe a 55-45 the other direction um, with your ability to pass, but you need them.
0: And it could be as easy as, does Luke Altmaier's legs make the difference in the red zone compared to what they were last year? Like He might not be as good as Tommy DeVito, but if his legs help you in that red zone where he struggled so much, or he's just got better pass catchers in in the red zone, which I think Elzey, Bryant, uh, Kapka-Jones, Tip Ryman all could really help there, Uh, that could all play towards the occasion. So I think they are capable But I can't sit here today and say, yeah, they'll definitely be better. Because Tommy DeVito was good last year. And I think you're seeing because, you know, he's getting a shot at the NFL, and I think a real shot at the NFL. Illinois hasn't had that in a while. Wes Lunt did not get this long of a look. Um, So it's been a while since Illinois has had a quarterback going to an NFL camp and stick around this long.
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I think the way, to maybe reiterate our point, like Illinois was up here, for pass efficiency, completion percentage, like I expect that to come down a few notches, and the turnovers are going to go. Up. But I also expect those yards per game, yards per attempt, yes, to probably go up. So, like, where is the meeting <laughs> ground right. there? Right? Is that meeting ground like collectively sixth or seventh in the Big Ten, or, or are you somewhere in that fourth through six range, which is probably a little high? Um, yeah. But, like those two things, that's what I'm fascinated is, is where that balances out
0: yeah does it look more like i don't know i'm trying to use does it look more like nebraska's quarterbacks recently or, or talia Talea viola early in his career where it's explosive but inconsistent you know what i mean like devito felt more sean clifford like right where it was like know what you're gonna get it's gonna be solid you're gonna have a really good chance is there enough uh accuracy down the field to to be a big play threat um maybe that's kind of the the comparison there. I, I don't think Graham Mertz would be the comparison there, but yeah, so like started, Graham Mertz. That's right. That's right. all right breaking down the depth chart qb1 joey go luke allire yeah now here's news-
1: my brain was on tommy devito I was <laughs> name tommy the seventh year starter
0: what breaking news uh, august <laughs> it's august 15th as we record this happy birthday debbie Warner, my mother by the way um yeah i would be when do you think this happens
1: So, Brett Bielema told us two weeks uh, is kind of like when he likes to have his guys know that would bring Saturday. I don't know if we're going to have a chance to talk to Brett Bielema on Saturday. They have a scrimmage on Friday. It is also just as likely this is a social media post at some point. QB1. Here's the thing. I think everybody in the building knows. Like, if you listen to what these guys say, like, actually listen Yes, the coaches do the, you know, someone says, what are you seeing out of Luke in this regard? Well, all of my quarterbacks. Yeah, That's great. I get it. It's to stay on uh, in character. I guess that whole time is impressive. But if you listen to the guys. Isaiah Williams. Listen, listen, man. They (laughs) rave about Luke Altmaier. So I would expect sometime today's the 15th. I don't see a scenario. This gets past like the 21st. Do you? 21st,
0: 22nd? I would say within the next week, whether that's Saturday, two weeks out. Or it's next Wednesday when they turn to Toledo. Everyone in that everyone in that building already knows probably who it is. Um, but just to make it official, so they know where they're going, like they should know the starters of the game by next Wednesday. I would imagine, like where where they're going to be at safety, where they're going to do at all these other positions. They should probably know, barring injury, for all those positions. Like they should know who their right guard is going into to next week, right? So, I think quarterback will be the exact same, and I agree. Whether it's Bielema telling us at a press conference next Wednesday or uh, them announcing on social media, I, I totally expect it to, to be Luke Altmaier. He's gotten every every time he's the first guy up in drills. In the spring, we got to see more. There were more scrimmages. He got almost all of the first-team reps. Don Valeri got some first-team reps, too, but... Um, you don't do that unless he's going to be the starter. And I do think they've had John Paddock push him. I don't think Luke Altmaier has been clean the entire time. I don't think any of these guys have. But you brought him in to be the starter. He came here to be the starter. He is the most talented, dynamic player. He's and we forgot to mention this. He's he's the long term guy. He's he's three years of eligibility. That's what makes this different. Like you know, Brandon Peters, we did not expect to be here three years due to the pandemic, but they keep doing this transfer portal carousel and hey i have no problem with it because you get more talent that way at a place like illinois but to have a guy potentially here for three years like you he's your guy you move forward with him uh and you have john paddock there in case something happens to luke altmeyer whether it be poor performance or an injury
1: yeah i do want to say that i think the latest this quarterback conversation goes would be the 28th which would be the monday brett Bieleman does his pre-toledo yeah Dude, I hope it doesn't. We <laughs> Come on. This doesn't need
0: to go. But the before. intrigue, the intrigue. Um, Does not
1: need to go into game week. Uh, I, I'm, can we can we transition to the backup battle? I was going to say, I think we're,
0: we're both more intrigued by the backup battle, but I think we know where that's starting to go.
1: And I think my opinion on that has shifted the more we've gotten in there to see, even just simple, who's snapping to who? Josh Cruz is snapping to Luke Altmyer, by the way. But like, then who's... Who's handing to Reggie Love and who's handing to Josh McRae, right? Because those two are 1A, 1B. So, obviously, Luke Altmaier is giving the ball to one of them. And recently, what we've seen is John Paddock handing off to Josh McRae, which would indicate he's the backup. And, And I'll be honest, my opinion on that has changed. I think Illinois would have loved it if Donovan Leary won that backup. You know, there's still a little time left here, but I think it's probably trending towards John Paddock. Makes sense. It makes sense for an older guy if something. I think that I I really do think, and we heard Brett Bielema mention the whole every time he talks about Art Sikowski, he brings up Penn State, he brings up Iowa, and he brings up who's the third? Was it Minnesota?
0: Mm.
1: There's a third. I can't Nebraska. It. I want. Was it Nebraska? Nebraska's first year, right?
0: Art uh, Brandon got hurt in the first. That's game. right. One hundred percent. Yes. Yes. He
1: brings up those three games. And in my mind now, the more I think of it, I think he, you want experience there. And I think he saw that experience, composure, someone who's been kind of in the battle there, that matters when you're in a tough game, be Homer home or on the road. And I, I do find it interesting, he's brought that up a few times. I know it means a lot to him that Art did that and has helped in Art's own story, but I, I keep coming back to that when we yeah. talk about the backup and then obviously what we've seen.
0: Yeah. Um... John Paddock's played in front of 100,000 or 90,000 people at Tennessee. Now, Ball State got their butts kicked by a great Tennessee team, but uh, he's been there. He's done that. Um, It's not too big for him. And I think John Paddock is not going to go in there and try to be a hero. And not that I think Donovan Leary would try to, but I think there's a young guy thing where the first couple games for Illinois are not going to be easy. We've talked about this. And you made a great point like uh, a couple podcasts ago where it's like, Toledo ain't going to be easy. Kansas ain't going to be easy. Penn State ain't going to be easy. If you had FAU the first game and you blow them out, maybe you get Donovan Leary in there as your backup just to get him some reps, get him used to it, if you feel like it's neck and neck. But I think if anything happens there, like John Pack's the guy, because just you go in there and, like Art Sikowski, just don't lose us the game. Just keep us in the game. Make smart decisions. Don't lose us the game. And make plays that, that are given to you. And I think John Paddock knows how to do that. I think John Paddock knows who he is. Um, he's confident in who he is. He thinks he can make plays at this level. But I just think the known of John Paddock over Donovan Leary that makes sense. But if John happened to struggle and Luke Altmyer were out for a while, maybe Donovan Leary can, can take the job eventually. But they do feel good. I think it's real when when Brett Bielma says like they feel as good about their quarterback situation, especially one through three than they have since he's been here because ryan johnson was the backup and i think he was solid but i do think they think there's a different kind of ceiling with donovan leary who just has the pedigree has a really solid overall skill set i don't know if there's one elite trait but i do think they value donovan leary for the long term as the guy behind luke Altmaier, and potentially later in his career is a threat to be a starter
1: yeah, I wanted to bring that up. Like, I hope no one hears this and thinks, like, boy, this is Leary kids, just not getting it. I mean, one, he's a redshirt freshman. And two, if, in fact, he is the third-string guy, that would have mean you lost to to Luke Altmaier, who obviously was going to start the second he committed, and John Paddock, who has 514 passing attempts to his zero. So, I mean, just – I just think that's important to say, because I don't – like, they're high on Donovan Leary. They yes. they like what he's done. They like his development. I think there's just a matter of 514 passes and what that means in a season that I I think there's a general understanding of the momentum you can continue to build with this season. And, you know, if Donovan Leary would have win this thing out, this backup job out, then that's good for Illinois. Yes. I don't think there should be these flares of concern, like a redshirt freshman's not winning the backup quarterback job. What? Like, it takes time. It, It takes time. And he he seems to be a kid who gets it. Yeah. I mean, I, I think you and I leave every time we talk with him, just really impressed yeah. by who he is and how he carries himself. And I talked to him briefly. Everyone's talked to his bro- talked about his brother. right? Devin Leary was at NC State, now at Kentucky. So, do you talk to him? Like, do, do you guys not like ever? But like, <laughs> how often do you guys talk? They go, we talk pretty much every day. Yeah, that is good. That's that great. Is a
0: great thing. Well, and. And to be honest, like, just for, for us in our interactions and, and hearing from other people, like, John Paddock is an alpha. Like, he is a vocal dude. Art He's Sikowski. A, a lot like Art Sikowski. Donovan Leary is a really charming, forward, outgoing guy. Like, you can see him commanding a huddle. I still got those questions about Luke. Like Luke's a little more quiet, a little more reserved. Now, he's got the respect of his teammates, it seems like, but he's not as outwardly vocal, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes. He's gotten more confident. Isaiah Williams told us the other day he's been more of a leader, but he, he builds relationships a little bit different. The other guys are more rah-rah, uh, and this guy, Luke is, is a little bit more just go about his business, follow me because I'm good, right? Like I, I'm good on the field. I got the swagger to me. It's not quite DeVito though, right? Like no so, one is. Yeah, no, no one's he's a one percenter, man. No one's no one's quite DeVito. All right, Joey, last thing as we wrap up quarterbacks and switch well, to. Can him. I just keep yeah. sad?
1: Like you know how you get people to follow you if you're a quarterback? Make passes. Make plays. Yep. Complete passes. I, I think you'll get behind someone yep. who who helps you win football games and make passes. And, and I think he's growing in all these those uh, other aspects too. I don't think this is like should have PTSD from the Brandon Peters conversation
0: felt like a conversation that they they had a lot. I just feel like like it's, it is worth bringing up at that position. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. All right. Reasonable expectations. What do you expect out of this group? Joey? Exactly what we said earlier. Like if you can mirror
1: last year in the ways that we talked about understanding what might fall, what might go up, you need to be a middle of the road, big 10, like a, so there's God, how many teams in the big 10 right now? As we speak 14, that's going to change. Um, it's like a legitimate probably, question,
0: to day by
1: day. Yeah, I know. You probably would hope if you're Illinois, just given that you lost Chase, you fall in that six to eight range, in just in totality of Big Ten rankings. I think that's fair. Yeah, I, I think that's where they can be. I think year two and under Lonnie, like I'm a little more. Maybe I just bought into the wide receivers being very, very excited about this, but. I think there's probably more there. I understand all the hesitation, and that's yeah. more than fair. But I, I do think year two in Lonnie's e system. I think there's good wide receivers. Like some some of this quarterback stuff that we had talked about in the past, that wasn't very good. The receivers weren't very good either. I mean, I think the receivers are good. I think they can help Luke Altmaier. I think if you could fall six to eight in the Big Ten in, in those rankings, that would be something that. I mean, Illinois has had a pretty good. You should be having a pretty good season.
0: Yeah, um, I look at I'm looking at Athlon's early season. They still have Peyton Thorne on here, so you can throw him out. <laughs> um, they, Poor C- Derek Piper.
1: <laughs> I hope he's not listening. He got duped on the radio when we co-hosted my old Athlon. Oh, nice. A couple weeks ago, it's tough stuff there.
0: Uh, Tanner Mordecai five. He's got the production. I get it. I got questions about him. Cade McNamara six. Get it. I think Luke altmaier has got a higher ceiling, but I know what Cade McNamara is. Hudson Card. I like Hudson Card a lot. I would have him above Altmaier.
1: I just Sim- worry about around him, right?
0: Yes. Uh, Jeff Sims. This is where I think you're getting into the... Uh, I mean, he's got way more experience, right?
1: <laughs> Jeremy <laughs> Warner versus Nebraska Cornhuskers. Continue. <laughs>
0: hey, oh the coaching God. is way better. Uh, Jeff Sims, I get why he'd be above above him. Ethan calliak My boy Ryan Burns really high on him. But, like... He's number 10 on this list. Kevin Wimsatt at Rutgers. I'm not going to put any Rutgers quarterback. I know he's talented. I'm not putting any Rutgers quarterback above Illinois right now. Um, if, if he could be 6 through 10, I, I think I think you'd feel pretty good about it. Um, my thing is, yeah, you just got to limit the turnovers. Limit the turnovers. Stay healthy. Th- those are my two biggest things, because if Luke Allmire does get hurt, this is a different season. But the season, in a lot of ways goes as the quarterback goes and i know we don't look at last year like it was because the defense was so good and chase brown was so good but tommy devito was such a huge reason why that team had success especially through the first eight games um so i i think i think he could i think it will be good i don't know if he'll be great i think the word will probably be inconsistent i think it'll be inconsistent but with flashes of oh we haven't seen that in a while yeah i
1: think and i think- the middle of October will be a heck of a lot of different in the second week of September. Um, he's going to be a guy who I think it's better as the season goes on. I just because he's going to get reps. Yep. There's outside of John Paddock, there are 54 completed or 54 pass attempts in this quarterback room. It, you, it's just <laughs> reps at this point. So that's why I think it's going to be it's going to be a struggle. Kansas's defense will. We'll, not really, probably not be that great uh, so you know maybe there's a chance there but it's you're coming out of the gates pretty hot yeah for for illinois so that's, that's going to be an interesting start
0: and there's a lot of games on this schedule it's probably going to come down to quarterback play illinois purdue illinois minnesota illinois wisconsin maybe illinois maryland uh could come down there's gonna be a lot of close games on the schedule so He's going to be under the microscope, Uh, but this is why he came to Illinois. Luke Altmaier came to Illinois for this opportunity, Uh, and it's a big year for Barry Lani to develop those guys. I mean, I think we got to mention that. Um, I thought he he and Tommy DeVito, even though it was an arranged marriage, made for a really positive marriage in year one. Now we'll see what he can do with a a far less proven guy but with more experience and I think a pretty decent supporting cast Big Ten-wise with a couple – key pieces from the offensive line returning uh with what should be a good running game and a much improved group of of wide receivers doing
1: yeah i think all of that helps and again this is i've only been covering this since 18 so you've got a further um evaluation of it than i do jeremy but this is the best wide receiver group i think since i've covered this team
0: there's not a lot it's the most talented
1: i I think that's probably the better way to put it it's the most talented
0: yeah you can look back now geronimo allison mike dudek when healthy and malik turner was pretty good um i mean i covered aj jenkins was a damn good wide out regis ben that group back in the day was pretty good but yeah like this is this is definitely the best since the beginning of the lovey smith era for sure
1: yeah so that helps and i think that's what Illinois, I mean, that goes hand-in-hand hand with not having very good quarterbacks. You're not probably not going to have very good wide receiver production, and the same goes the other way. I think the offensive line helps a ton. Having a left side, your blind side, protected by Isaiah Julian Pearl at tackle, Isaiah Adams at guard, that goes a long way. Yep. And we think the right side will be fine. So, yeah, the, the supporting cast should help lift, presumably, Luke Altmaier.
0: All right, before we get to the running backs, I want to tell you about Homefield. They are a premium collegiate apparel brand based in Indianapolis. They emphasize their commitment to creating incredibly comfortable, officially licensed apparel with vintage college designs. They feature a growing collection of over 150 colleges to choose from, including, of course, the University of Illinois. Homefield designs are super unique because they delve into the archives and the history of each school using unique logos, mascots, and iconic moments to create thoughtfully designed apparel. They're all about authenticity and nostalgia, and you can see some of them coming up on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. They have the Script Illinois. They have the Ringer T with orange. Our boy Brad Evans loves that one. They got the 2005 Illinois basketball logo and the Flying Illini shirt. I have one of those, and they are so comfortable. I'm telling you guys, give their site a look. It's not the typical Illinois, Illinois gear you usually see. You can find them. At homefieldapparel.com, where you can see their selection of colleges available, and guess what? Our listeners get fifteen percent off their first order. Use discount code aligni twenty twenty three. Excuse me. Our listeners get fifteen percent off their first order with discount code aligni twenty three. It's the perfect apparel to get you ready for the upcoming season. So check them out at homefieldapparel.com. All right, Joey, let's flip to the running backs this is an interesting position as well because you have to replace an All-American running back. And that is the storyline, right? Can Illinois replace Chase Brown's production with a committee? And Chase Brown had one of the most fantastic years in Illinois history. Only Mikel LaShore and Rashard Mendenhall rushed for more yards in a single season. And Chase Brown was probably a healthy first half away from against Northwestern from setting that record. And now the approach is, listen, Josh McCray by himself, Reggie Love by himself, Jordan Anderson, Aiden lawfrey Caden Fagan by themselves, cannot replace Chase Brown's production, an all-time running back, who's going to have a chance to play for the Cincinnati Bengals this year. But uh, they're taking a different approach, and an approach I think they wanted to take last year, Joey, with Chase Brown and Josh McCray.
1: Yeah, that was, by my read, the goal, because one, that's how Brad Bielema has done things as a head coach, and he's had some... You know, the, the committee thing we should start with like the brebu's approach to a running back by committee isn't because he's got a lot of like passably talented running backs. That's just it seems to be something he believes. He's done it with really, really good backs. You can go back his Wisconsin time. I asked him about it, just to buy in and like some good backs splitting carries at Wisconsin. So yeah, we think because of that and because of how good Josh McCrae was as a true freshman, that it was gonna be a one A one B, I think, one, obviously, Josh McCray's injury threw a wrench in that and really cost him the season. He he played sparingly, but it just wasn't anything what anyone thought. And, two, Chase Brown just kind of took the ball out of their hands a little bit yeah. because he was so stinking good at football. And, like, even if you wanted a committee, you know, was Reggie Love ready at that time? We saw him get some carries. But you just there – were, there were games, Jeremy, and, and drives. You just couldn't take it out of the guy's hands. Like, it was – Chase Brown was carrying this thing. And you just had to roll with it because it would work, and it worked at a really
0: high level. He did not play in the bowl game, and he still led Power 5 running backs and carries with 328, despite missing basically half a game with Northwestern, then going back in because he was sitting up the bowl game. Like, he would have broke the record if he, he would have played the bowl game. I don't blame him for not playing it. He carried 25 or more times in seven games, 30 or more in five games. He had four straight games of 30 carries in the middle of the season. He had 41 carries against Minnesota, 36 against Indiana. Those are two of the top 10 single most rushing attempts in Illinois history, Joey, in the year of our Lord, 2022. Like, that's when he did this. So that is rare. That is really, really rare. Like, the Big Ten was pretty rare last year with the carries these guys got, the workloads he and Mo Ibrahim had. But, like, we could talk about committee. Everybody does committees. Now, like, Michigan has two of the best running backs in the country – and those guys each get a bunch of carries, right? In the NFL, it's hard to draft any running backs in fantasy football because who's going to get 20-plus carries a game? It's hard to find those guys. Like B. John Robinson had 250-something carries last year for, for Texas. So it probably – it was great for Chase Brown's stat line, but in the end, was it good for him? Was it good for Illinois that he had to carry such a – I don't think so. I think he, there were times he got tired late in games latent drives. You didn't have Josh McRae to be able to come in there and and finish it off with fresh legs. So I do think there's some positives of it because you could stay fresh. You have more options. You have more looks for guys. Uh, He has more... Barry Lunny has more options he can go to when he wants to get certain guys in. The negative is you don't have Chase Brown, who's (laughs) one of the best running backs in college football.
1: That is quite the negative. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Yeah, I... And look, I think, and I don't know that this has ever been said, but I do think Barry Lunny got in his head in the red zone, and it's like, Doak Walker wore back there finalist, I should say. Can
0: we sneak him into the Heisman top 10? Yeah,
1: yeah. so I, I do think there are benefits to having a committee approach. And I think Josh McRae and, and Reggie Love, who we'll get to a little bit more in depth, but those are clearly the top two options. Brett Bielema has said as much. They're just different enough, right? Like, they're just... This isn't like Aiden Lawfrey or Josh McCray, where you've got like one really really fast guy and one really really big guy. There's there's a few similarities between them, but they're they're different enough to, to work effectively, which which helps. And then we think there's should be a window for a third back somewhere. We'll, we'll also get to that. But I mean, come on, man! Like if Chase Brown walked into Brett Bealman's office last December and was like, "Let's run it back. Let's sign up another one," nobody's saying no. I know nobody in the world is going to say no to that. They tried.
0: They tried. <laughs> they tried. They tried. They had the oh, NL already, yeah.
1: But we'll see. Um, that That's the biggest question because if you notice, and I'm glad you phrased it as you did, you know, Brett Bielma's been asked, rightfully so, how do you replace Chase Brown? And you don't, but you try to replace his production. And that's just north of 1,600 yards, which I think yes. is, that's the area to circle, I guess, right, is that neighborhood of yards.
0: Yeah, and I just, I, I bring this stat up. Because even I did like a double take when I looked at it, Joey, of Illinois was middle of the pack in rushing off, which is kind of crazy, given that it was what they relied on. But when you just look at Big Ten, they were number seven in the Big Ten in rushing yards per game. In the country, um, I'm looking this up now, I should have been prepared for this, but there were something like 50 something. In the country, in rushing yards per game. So that's good. It was a strength of theirs, but it's not like these are ridiculous numbers. Like Rod Smith put up similar numbers the year before with Josh McCray and Chase Brown. They put up similar numbers. So I don't think it's a ridiculous output in totality for a team that should have a strong offensive line, especially we think run blocking wise, uh, to repeat. So um, yeah, I do think they can replace Chase Brown's production. It's just, it's not going to be. One guy doing it all. So um, the other other thing that just gives you confidence is Brett Bielmo. He's done this many times. He's he's with this
1: exact approach, right? With this exact committee approach.
0: He's replaced Monte Ball. He's replaced John Clay. You know, he gets James White. He gets Melvin Gordon. Now he didn't coach Melvin Gordon on his best years, but he helped recruit him there. So yeah, Illinois 55th in the country in rushing yards per game last year. One sixty. Yeah, one sixty-seven point three. All right, my big question was. How good are Reggie Love and Josh McCray? What do you think, Joe? I am
1: pretty high still on Josh McCray. I, I that freshman season, you, you know, you don't have a full summer like you have. You don't have the spring, the summer, that whole like yearly cycle with just a college football life. And remember, there was a point in his freshman season where he had as close to six hundred yards, wasn't it? it? was, it was mm-hmm. over five. Uh, he was like sick. And he was out a little bit, but you don't go and do what you did at Penn State. You don't go and put up some of those numbers if you're not good. Is he as explosive as Chase Brown? Probably not. But he is a he's a good running back, and I think Reggie Love showed us like he was a good running back in high school. Reggie Love He was a good recruiting really, win for really Illinois. Really
0: good recruit, win for. And him.
1: I think he showed us flashes last year. Uh, he showed he was. I thought he was kind of tenacious as a runner. There were times you thought he was down and should have been down and he wasn't. So I I like Reggie Love more as a committee back, I think, than like if you were to try to say go be Chase Brown. Yeah. Reggie Love. Uh, which isn't fair really to anybody, not just Reggie Love. But I think they're they're fine. Are they the two of the top like fifteen backs in the Big Ten? I don't know, man. I right. but I, I think they're good enough to do in a Brett Bielema system in a Barry Lunny system. I think they're good enough to replace the production of Chase Brown with some help from pick a third back
0: yeah I I talked to a, a Scott was at practice the other day and I asked him and he said McCray looks good he said I envisioned him as a bowling ball but he's lean and exhibited some juice he's going to be fun to watch Brett Bielma personally is really high on Josh McCray it's all about just that, phys- that mental capacity. Like when you come back from injury, everyone talks about the mental is harder than the physical to come back from. Josh McCray, when he came back from injury last year, he was not mentally ready for it. Like there was just, you don't have confidence yet. You don't have that build up to that game. But talent wise, Preppy almost told us, like, it reminds him of John Clay. John Clay was the Big Ten Offense Player of the Year at one year. I can see Josh McCray being a bell cow back. He showed us he's got the capability of being a bell cow back. It's not the same as Chase Brown. It's very different than Chase Brown. But he's in really good shape. And from what I heard, he looks really good uh, during training camp. Reggie Love, like, I, I got to bring up, Thad Ward is now the running backs coach, right? And Corey Patterson did a really good job. You can't argue with the results. Thad Ward had success developing Kendrick Foster and Reggie Corbin. And Reggie Corbin... Is having a nice pro career in the USFL, right? Like, but this is nothing as those guys. Reggie Love is more talented than those guys. Reggie Love was a top 500 recruit out of high school. Wisconsin was really pushing for him to, to commit back in the day. He had offers from Tennessee, Nebraska, Notre Dame, Penn State, Iowa, and not all those schools are pushing at that time. But this is a talented guy that is kind of set back by injuries. But otherwise, he's got burst. He's got some power. He's got some wiggle. Like, one of my favorite things, he's a really good one-cut running back. So, he reminds me a little bit, maybe more physical, of Mike Epstein, who was a really good overall back, just wasn't able to stay healthy. Um, But I thought Mike Epstein could have had a heck of a career if he did. Reggie Love is hungry, too. Like, this is his opportunity. You saw last year when he got the opportunity, he made the most of it towards the end of the season. And the one thing he has from the staff is trust. They trust him to make the right plays because he's a good blocker, He's good in the pass game. He's a good in-between-the-tackles guy, can bounce it out. I think the thing for him was patience, vision. Chase Brown had to learn those things. I think that comes with reps. I do think. I think this is a really good tandem. I don't know if it's a top-five Big Ten tandem, but under Brett Bioma, I think this group is going to be productive. I think they're talented, and then we'll, we'll talk about some of the guys beyond him. I think there's some depth here. So I do think we shouldn't underrate the talent of these guys because Chase Brown, phenomenal. These guys are pretty talented backs, too.
1: Yeah, they are. And the system. I don't yeah. think you should go into a Brett Bielma coach team thinking the running game is not going to be at least middle of the road in the Big Ten. I, just, and, and, I, I think there's too much work of a body of work to, to think otherwise.
0: And the other thing I think we should bring up like Brett Bielma and Barry Loney, unprovoked, like say the running, they're not worried about the running backs. <laughs> they've they've kind of mentioned. There's not been a lot. No, there, right? <laughs> they've just been like, yeah, we're not worried about. It. Like the running game's been consistent. Like those guys are. Con- and it's like, okay, that's what those guys want. They seem to have confidence, and and let's let's be honest, they they have some cachet when it comes to that, some credibility when it comes to that. Chart Joey, sort out the competition. How do you expect the carries to be split between Love and McCray? Um,
1: 50 is boring.
0: Right? <laughs> That's boring. I think it'll change game to game potentially, but I do think if we're talking carries on the team, I think one of these guys, I would probably side a little bit more towards McCray long term here. Gets like 200 carries, the other guy gets like 150.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And then you've probably got a 50 to 70 roughly combined behind them. However, that maybe not even that much, maybe 30 to 50. Uh, yeah. I think 200 and 150 sounds right to me. Or, I, I, or, one, you, I do or lean... 175 and
0: 125, whatever that looks yeah. like. I
1: do lean towards McCray probably being the one at, at the, the higher number, but I, I think it's going to be a very, very small gap. I too showed up to the party unprepared. Um, what was the, the gap last year? Was ridiculous. It was. It
0: was I, th- so, I think Reggie Love had like sixty-seven carries. <laughs> it will not be that again. Jace no. uh, <laughs> Brown had yeah, three hundred twenty-eight. Yeah.
1: yeah, so I, I think somewhere in
0: that one seventy-five, one twenty-five. I it, because taking out the quarterback, there's probably four hundred to four hundred fifty rush attempts, right? Yeah, yeah, which is why my intrigue is the rest. <laughs>
1: Yes, like that's that's where like we talk about the intrigue with the backup quarterback. My intrigue for the running back is the third, and how often
0: is the third or potentially a fourth utilized? All right, plant your flag. Who gets the third most carries outside of Altmyer? Because Altmyer will probably be that guy. Yeah. Who gets the third most carries out of this running back group? My
1: my brain wants to tell me Aiden Lawford because he's so different mm-hmm. and he's so fast. And there's a role for he can pass catch too, so I think that probably gives you a little more versatility. He just hasn't been healthy, and he is now. He is now, but like there's a history there, right? Where he hasn't been. So because of his skill set, I would probably lean towards him. Remember, Jeremy? We thought he was a guy as a freshman who could come in because of that exact skill set, and he's talented. He's not like he's a twig
0: fast either. Like he's a You know, he's kind of a bulked up dude. They they don't let him out of GCMS as twigs. Okay, they got they got like a college strength program there. Somewhere, Mike Allen I hope is <laughs> is nodding. Um, yeah, man. Uh, but
1: I do like Jordan Anderson. I, I, I do. And Brett I, I Bielmo likes
0: Caden Fagan as much as he's talking about him.
1: Yeah, that's we should we should discuss that because Caden Fagan has been brought up a few times by the head coach. I'm going to lean towards Aiden Lawford. I think he's different enough, but I—I don't feel that confident doing that.
0: I would agree with you because he just brings something different. That speed element. Josh McCray is a big back, a bully back, but Jordan Anderson's so big, and I thought his spring was good. I thought his spring was really good. He's we, got a lot more wiggle, too, dude. Like, yeah. He is not just a bowling ball. He has got some wiggle. He can catch the ball.
1: That was a tough. That's a tough question, man.
0: Yeah, and just throwing Caden Fagan into a Big Ten game right away. like It's the same thing with like Jordan Anderson last year. I just don't think it was fair to be able to play him in some of these games. Now, looking back at it, you probably wish you would have played him in Northwestern and gotten some of Chase Brown's reps late in that game, but you're going for the record with Chase. Uh, but that was the opportunity, I thought, to really get Jordan Anderson's feet wet and see what you got there. He's a load. He's a really good pass catcher. Um, And that's one thing about this group that, you know, Chase was a pretty good pass catcher. This group's got some pass catching ability to it. Josh McCray included. Josh McCray, his high school film was really good. He had a couple long catches his freshman year. I think this group's versatile, and I think Barry Loney will use that or should use that a little bit more. I'll be different. I'll go Jordan Anderson just because I really like this spring. But uh, I've I've had some pause there just because we've seen Brett Bielma talk up Caden Fagan here a little bit. I just think Fagan needs a year. I, I really do. I think long-term Fagan might be more likely to, to to be a load back there, but I thought Jordan Anderson's spring was really good. And to see him today at practice as the number three back in the rotation uh, gives me a little bit more confidence that, yes, Jordan Anderson should should get some reps at some point.
1: Can we just point out that, like, the way that the running back room is right now, Eleanor does not get a ton of four-stars on the recruiting trail and the way this running back room is is they get one who's physically quite an impressive young man and Caden Fagan's like yeah not yet
0: not (laughs) yet on you that is like that is Khalil Valentine Khalil Valentine will be the same thing a year from now it's like well we got Josh McCray, Reggie Love Aiden Loffrey Caden Fagan some of that might depend
1: on if Aiden Loffrey can sit because like otherwise Khalil Valentine's really fast
0: yeah, so it's a conversation for another
1: day. But the point being, like, that is a very Brett Bielma running back room thing, where it's like four star end state, built like an adult. Eh, hang tight, we'll, we'll we'll get to you.
0: That is that is the most Brett Bielma running back room thing ever. The good news about that, you can play three of them, right? You can you can feed three of them uh, if they're good enough. So, and I think at this year, I do think they're deep enough to do that. All right, reasonable expectations, Joey. What are your expectations for this group? feels weird all my expectations
1: are going to be middle of the big 10 i think you like it's reasonable to think you're going to get chase brown yardage production combined i think you you and ideally would, would like north of that uh, you you would probably like to be in that 17 1800 yard neighborhood if you can now You go back to the quarterback conversation we had, and now you're talking a pretty good offense if you're in that mix. Well, Um, Illinois ran
0: for 2,161 yards, four yards per carry, 18 touchdowns last year. 166 per game is probably the number we should be talking about. Here's my hot take. I think they're top five in the Big Ten in rushing this year. I think they're better overall. I think they have more rushing touchdowns. I think they have more rushing yards per game just because they're going to be deeper. They're not relying on one guy – I think the passing game can open up a little bit. I think their yards per attempt can go up a little bit. Like, I think I think Illinois has to be great rushing the ball this year. Again, they were middle of the pack last year. They had one great player who could break off some long runs. But I think they have to be more consistent running the ball this year. And behind Julian Pearl and Isaiah Adams, and I think Josh Krutz will be solid. I think Zai Chrysler could be really good. Um, I think this is going to be their identity still. Like, we can talk about the passing attack. The play action's got to be better, but... This is how they win games. So I think they're actually going to rush for more yards. Maybe the 175, 180 range. And most importantly, they're going to run for more touchdowns. They had 18 last year. I think that's got to be closer to to 25.
1: Yeah, that's why I was I was just pointing up the rushing touchdowns because it felt like that's the biggest thing that left a lot to be desired.
0: And can I but mention, Luke Altmaier can help here. Like Luke Altmaier's legs, if he can carry the ball five times a game, now I'm worried about that because he's a little skinnier. But if he can run the ball and be a threat, that opens up potentially some running lanes for these guys too. And Tommy DeVito, at the end of last year, you knew he wasn't going to run for it with that ankle injury.
1: Yeah. I'm with you. That's a dynamic that I'm wondering how much Barry Lunny dives into and how he dives into it as well. I mean, I'm sure you're going to call some plays for him to use his feet. It's not going to be all ad lib. So that's, that's, an, that's a fascinating wrinkle to put into this conversation, but yeah, I, I'm not worried about them replacing Chase Brown's yardage production. I, I Which think is
0: crazy because both of us, it sounds crazy other like it was saying it, right? Because he was so good. But I just think overall as a rushing attack, I think they're going to be better. I do because they have more options there. Is that crazy? So are, yard- are we crazy here for saying that? I mean, probably, Jeremy, but it's
1: <laughs> two weeks into training.
0: We got to have some kind weeks. of take, right?
1: <laughs> do we? Uh, so, I mean, so you split up the. Carries, but what's your yardage split? Like, what's what's an ideal yardage split? Let's go, the, the top two, and then three. Okay. Like, we, we don't need to get much further than that, probably.
0: If if McCray and or Love stayed healthy for the entire season, um, I think one of those is going over a thousand.
1: You have got to right, like there's too much history to suggest it's there's not going
0: to be a thousand yard guy. Who does, um, and then. I mean, because remember, Chase Brown did that with 180 carries two years ago. And Josh McCray had, what, six, 500, and he had some health issues that year. Uh, I would go with one guy getting over 1,000, the other guy getting over 650, and another guy getting about 200. And then so I, think, I think Altmaier, it's weird with the rushing stats. Please take out quarterback stats of uh, sacks of rushing stats. I can't stand that in college football. But I think Altmaier will gain 300 yards on the ground. Jerry I, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh dude. Goodness. They they love his legs. They love. Him. I haven't wow. looked at his legs personally, but they like his ability to run. I can't
1: believe you haven't. That's your next step <laughs> at availability. Just get some cap inspections on this. Uh, that's, uh, that's quite the rushing. I
0: think that's they're going to be rushing. really good running the ball. I didn't know that was a hot take with Brett Buehler. I just I like that they have more options. It's as great as Chase Brown was. I keep repeating that, but I just they got more options. It does feel weird saying all this. So maybe at the end, because of the sacks, Altmaier ends up with like 10 rushing yards. But the game part, I think, will be about.
1: It feels really weird saying all this, almost like we're trying to chase Brown. Like, it feels a little bit, and it's not the same. I, I know it's not the same, but it feels a little bit like when basketball, when Kofi left. Yeah, that's like, how I know it's not, but it just feels weird to be like yes. Chase Brown's gone. Like it's a very weird
0: feeling. It's not the same, but the feeling is still very like the take there, Joey, would be more of Tommy DeVito's gone, but they'll be better at quarterback. I'm not there. I'm I'm not there. Yeah. And we talked about that earlier. Or yeah, Devin Witherspoon and Sidney Brown and Quan Martin might be gone, but they're Forget still about them. they're still gonna have a top ten secondary in college football. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not gonna say that. Like but with their running backs these guys have a little bit of proven, and I think they have talent, and they have a good offensive line in front of them. It's what Brett Bielma does, so I got confidence. And it's what, it's yeah, what Barry yeah. Lunny does, really. Sincere McCormick was a good back, but I think these guys, Josh McCray, Reggie Love, are, are they less talented than Sincere McCormick? I mean, Sincere's really good, but I can see those guys having good college careers here.
1: Yeah, and to be honest, like, this conversation wouldn't feel as weird. I don't think if Josh McCray was healthy last year and, like – you could see where the rushing totals were as a team with his output in there, because I think it would have been – I mean, it would have been a lot better. I, it's not a hot take either. Touchdowns especially, I think, would have been yes. way up. Man, you know, that that was probably when, – when Chase Brown was putting up all those yards, like the Heisman talk kind of went from a whisper, and I think everybody realistically knew it wasn't going to happen. But, like, there there was, like, in that middle part of the season – There was quite a lot of noise around Chase Brown, whether it be Heisman or Dope Walker or or whatever. The touchdowns were the thing that, like, didn't jump off the screen and that probably kept that conversation a little
0: quieter than it would have been if he had a few more. I still think running back is their best skill position on the team. I have the most confidence in this skill position group than any other group on the team. Yeah, but
1: I reserve the right to change that by October 1st when I see a little bit of the wide receivers because I really, really like what's going on there.
0: That's a good tease for the next group we'll be talking about. Wide receivers and tight ends coming up. Joey Wagner, this was fun, man. This is going to be fun to go through all of these, looking forward to these, and uh, obviously two sexy positions here. Uh, people know me, the O-Line D-Line podcast going to be a banger.
1: I cannot believe you didn't start with that. Someone is disappointed Eighteen year old Jeremy is disappointed that you continue to overlook the offensive line. Listen,
0: I have I have my preferences of what should be first to talk about, but I know the metrics, I know the analytics, I know what the people want. It's the quarterbacks and running backs, Joy.
1: Get your saber metrics out of here, Jeremy. You gotta play <laughs> with your heart, man. All right.
0: It'll be coming up soon, Joey Wagner. Thank you, thank you, everybody, for listening to the Line Enquirer podcast or watching on our YouTube channel. Give us a follow, rating, review wherever you get your podcast. Check us out on YouTube. Hit the like button as you get out of here. Subscribe to us. Hit, hit the notifications bell as well. Everybody, have a great day. Take care of each other. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Line Enquirer podcast. Bye, everybody.